Welcome to Nutrition Factors, the podcast about the link between nutrition and your health. We talk to leaders in the field of nutrition and look into the science behind how nutrients affect your health. Welcome to another episode of the Nutrition Factors podcast. And my guest today is John Payne. John, can you please just tell us who you are, what your qualifications are, your company, just give a little bit of background about who you are, please. Well, thank you, Sally. Uh, thank you for having me on. My name is John Payne, and I'm a scientific researcher. I've spent now approximately 30 years researching natural, genetic-based, genetically compatible ingredients for health products that specifically address, originally it was to address uh, just type 2 diabetes, but now that's become uh, a much far-reaching issue. It's called metabolic syndrome now, and it affects a lot of different things. But all of my research was based on what we should eat as a traditional diet. And it was really triggered by the World Health Organization, who published in 2001 that uh, essentially we should all eat a diet that is consistent with the diet that our genes became programmed to respond to. So I have a master's in science, and um, I, I specifically target metabolic syndrome as a health issue that affects, that is broad ranging and affects many different parts of our health. That's great. So John, metabolic syndrome, it's not something that most people know about, and it may in fact be the most common and serious health condition people have never even heard of. So what exactly is it, and why is it so pervasive in the U.S. today? Well, it's essentially, uh, metabolic syndrome isn't a single disease or health issue. Metabolic syndrome is a collection of risk factors that increase your chances of developing a heart disease or having a stroke or, or developing diabetes. All right. And, and, and the reason it's prevalent, becoming so prevalent in the United States now, and it's really a worldwide issue, the Cleveland Clinic has published that 80% of all Americans, regardless of age, have some form of metabolic syndrome currently today. What, what people don't realize, and I mean, I'm, I'm using the extreme here, but, it, but it's a fact, if you're even a single pound overweight, you're developing an issue with metabolic syndrome. And my opinion is that metabolic syndrome is based on an insulin resistant is issue. I, I personally believe that insulin resistance, and I don't mean type 2 diabetes, I mean, you can be insulin resistant and not have type 2 diabetes, although, although that comes with it sometimes. And, and, you know, really, quite frankly, Sally, the exact cause of metabolic syndrome is not known. But many features of metabolic syndrome are associated with insulin resistance. I believe that insulin may be, may be the master controlling hormone in the body. Mm. But, uh, but, but insulin resistance actually means that the body does not use insulin efficiently or properly. And there's a combination of genetic and lifestyle factors that, that actually probably result in insulin resistance. And, you know, in our lifestyle factors, which include, you know, our dietary habits, our activity levels, and probably interrupted sleep patterns. 
So another stat that I saw says that the prevalence of metabolic syndrome increases with age and that about 40% of people older than 60 are meeting the criteria. Does that seem right to you? Or have you heard different stats? I think it's much higher than that. Okay. And I, I think it can directly be identified as being associated with the fact that we've had a lot of years as we age, we've had a lot of years of very poor dietary habits. Look, we've all gone away from our traditional food sources. And when the World Health Organization identifies, what, 20 years ago, that we all should eat uh, the diet that our genes became programmed to respond to, that's the diet that our ancestors thousands of years ago ate, not the diet that we're eating currently of processed foods, et cetera, and, you know, highly salted, et cetera. But I, I think the main reason is that as we age, our metabolism starts to break down. Uh, we've had many years to do a lot of damage with what we eat and what we don't eat. And it, it all culminates in a health issue as we get older. So you say that metabolic syndrome is a collection of different symptoms. Can you just lay them all out? What are all the symptoms or conditions that make up metabolic syndrome? Well, primarily, uh, metabolic syndrome has to do with if you're overweight or obese, uh, if you have type 2 diabetes, or you, you, you probably have some form of uh, metabolic syndrome if you have a family history, and especially on the mother's side of diabetes or, or being overweight. And it includes things such as high blood pressure, high triglycerides, high cholesterol. Those, those are just some of the major issues that have to do with metabolic syndrome. So a new study explores how common metabolic syndrome is and who is getting it. And researchers who analyzed data from 17,000 people in the U.S. from all kinds of genders, races, and ethnicities, and they, these studies show that metabolic syndrome is on the rise and it has increased significantly amongst women and adults and in certain ethnic groups as well. So what do you think is causing that? Well, look, it's it's pretty pretty much scientifically proven that it actually spreads from the gut, and that uh, our gut microbes or our microbiota influences our host metabolism, so our personal me metabolism. And there's one other thing that people don't don't really identify much with, and there's not much talk about it, but it is a fact medically, and that is we know that the intestinal barrier. Okay, in, in our gut is more permeable in, in patients who have any form of, especially if they're overweight, but any form of metabolic syndrome. And basically the medical hypothesis right now is that living bacteria and bacterial fragments cross the barrier in, in the gut, in the lower intestines. Okay. And they set off an inflammatory process that actually pre prevents insulin from doing its job which essentially is to regulate blood glucose levels by acting on metabolic issues. And I think, I think that is the, that which, which is triggered with being overweight or obese. I think those are the, are the key elements. And why 
do we have so many more people then becoming obese now than there were, say, 50 years ago? The diets, the lack of uh, exercise. Look, I'll give you an example. I'll be 69 years old in a couple of weeks. And I came from an era where we, we had plenty of exercise. My dad just called it work. Well, they don't have that type of exercise. You don't have to go out and, and walk as much and, and lift things and do things that you had to do 50 and 60 years ago. Metabolic syndrome is becoming more common due to a rise in obesity rates among adults and especially among the elderly. One of the basic functions or interests of this podcast is looking at the link between nutrition and the state of your health. So what is the link between nutrition and metabolic syndrome? I know you've covered it to a degree, but can you just be like really specific? We need to eat what our body needs. And assuming that the World Health Organization is correct in their statement that we all should eat a diet that's consistent with the diet that our genes became programmed to respond to, which is our ancient traditional diets, essentially what happens is when we ingest something, liquid or solid, when if the bacteria and the enzymes in our gut recognize the shape of the molecule, it cleaves it into nutrition, and it's uh, absorbed systemically throughout our entire cell structure to promote our being alive and being healthy. But if they don't recognize, if the bacteria and the enzymes in our gut do not recognize the shape of the molecule, which is anything that's processed or synthetic, then the body's desperate to survive. So it's going to cleave out whatever it takes to, to function and, and to, to live. And that's almost always just the simple carbohydrates or the, or the sugars. And, and that's what it, what it functions on. The balance is deposited in our cleansing organs, such as our liver. Right. Well, over a period of time, the operating efficiency, we brutalize it or, or sledgehammer it so much with things that it's not prepared for, that the operating efficiency of the liver, for example, and the kidneys so on, is reduced, which means we start leaking things into our bloodstream, which causes changing, changes in gene expression, which results in cellular damage, which results in a degenerative disease. That's about as simplistic as I can make it. So, Sally, I'd like to take it one, one step further than that. Sure. Um, in my research, I discovered that there were approximately 400,000 plant species, of which approximately 50,000 of them have medicinal properties. Now, some of those are, are harmful and, and some are beneficial. But of the 50,000 that have medicinal properties, Approximately 2,500 of them are, are around a million years old or more, okay? Mm. Those are the type of plants that we need to be consuming, we need to be eating, not the processed hybrids. You know, our, 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 our system does not recognize the shape of those molecules. So I, I focused all my research on those 2,500 plants that have beneficial properties versus harmful ones. And, you know, we developed formulas that specifically address metabolic health issues. That's interesting. 
With changes in lifestyle and diet and nutrients, can a person prevent or reverse their metabolic syndrome? They can. They can. Regardless of the diagnostic criteria that's used to say you have a metabolic health issue, across the scientific and medical community, there's full agreement that a therapeutic lifestyle change with an emphasis on weight reduction quite frankly, constitutes the first line of therapy for all types of metabolic syndrome. Even a, a mild loss of weight shows an improvement in fat in your blood glucose levels and your blood pressure, okay, in your triglycerides and in your cholesterol. So that's the first line, line of defense. But, but, you know, a heart-healthy eating plan is the number one thing that you can do, which limits, you know, saturated and trans fats and quite frankly, encourages you to use a variety of nutritious foods, primarily fruits and vegetables, whole grains, and lean natural meats. Okay, so so there's another issue that's come in on a regular basis that exists out of our today's lifestyle, and that is managing our stress. Stress has a major impact on everything from our immune system to our health, and I think we can safely assume that. In today's today's life, we all deal with a great deal of stress on a daily basis. And of yeah. course, the, the known things, which is to get regular exercise and don't smoke. That makes sense. If a person is sort of in their 50s, 40s, maybe, reasonably good health, in order to avoid being part of this escalating problem, just following these good guidelines on nutrition and and exercise and so on should prevent them right from getting metabolic syndrome as they grow older yes it will uh specifically i mean it can but but i i, I personally believe yes it will and uh my experience in in many years in the medical community indicates that it will but look it's almost impossible in today's life or today's world to really eat healthy, you can't go into a grocery store, quite frankly, and and buy uh, foods that are going to support a healthy lifestyle. Uh, I'll give you an example, just, just a simple one. Take a banana. You go buy that that banana in the grocery store. The thing was picked in Costa Rica or some far off country, okay, and it was picked very green because it yellows either on the store shelf or on our kitchen shelf and then it it was picked before all of the nutrients that are meant to be in the banana and and you many other fruits and vegetables are the same like tomatoes they're trying to sell you know vine ripened tomatoes where they're still connected to the vine in the grocery store you essentially can't buy in the grocery stores today the type of foods with all of the, the nutrition that is supposed to be in those foods naturally to satisfy meeting the criteria for a healthy lifestyle. And the only way we can do it is to take specific supplements that have in them the, the plant-based ingredients that support our health. We're, we're the only species that has the ability to survive, utilize, and burn for energy both uh, carbohydrates and fat. Now, our body was designed to burn fat, healthy fat, not trans fat and saturated fats. But our body was designed to burn fat for energy. 
And all we've been doing is sledgehammering it with simple carbohydrates okay, and processed foods. So after a period of time, our, our system cannot function properly, which means we develop a degenerative disease. And if you, if you provide your body with the proper plant-based nutrition, natural plant-based nutrition, then you can not only support your health, but in many cases, you can reverse the damage that's already been done. Oh, that's encouraging. I also read somewhere that um, one easy way and quick way to tell whether you might be at risk is just to measure your waistline. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. But it, uh, uh, yes, you can't. You can do that. I mean, there's all there's a couple of quick, quick and simple factors. If your waistline is 40 or above, they say that, uh, you know, you have metabolic syndrome. But quite frankly, I personally believe it's lowering that. Of course, depending on the size of a human being, if you're six foot eight, well, it's Right. Could be a different issue, but if you're and a men and, normal, and men and women, surely it's different for men and women. It is, it is. Right. But by the same token, if if you're a normal size man or woman, okay, uh, height and so on, you know, it's it's probably much smaller than forty. Okay, but that's what's published. However, since we know for a fact that being overweight or obese is really what's driving this which is based on our diets and our lifestyle, we, we have to go back to doing what we were doing when we're healthy. I'll give you an example, type two, 2 diabetes, which is the most visible identified form of metabolic syndrome. You know, it, is, it wasn't even really much of a thing 100 years ago. It came mm -hmm. out of after World War II. In fact, they used to call it adult onset diabetes. But after World War II, when they developed all these processed foods and, you know, we stopped, we started eating not stuff we grew in an organic form. We started eating everything that's packed with salt and trans fats, things to make it taste good. I mean, I, I know of patients that are seven years old that have full-blown type 2 diabetes, not type 1, type 2. So I guess probably a good thing to do would be to buy your fruits and vegetables from a local farmer's market, perhaps. Yes, as long as they're organically grown, okay? Uh, to give you an example, most of these non-organically grown products, they're sprayed with, you know, insecticides and pesticides. And in many cases, the seeds for the plant, okay, have built into them or designed into them insecticides and pesticides. Well, if it, if it, makes the plant survive longer. What do you think it's doing inside our gut? Mm -hmm. right. One thing I always ask my guests when we get to the end of the interview, John, is what is your number one tip for our listeners in terms of staying healthy and avoiding or reversing metabolic syndrome? Well, quite frankly, being very careful with your weight, and one of the ways you can do that, uh, QGenics has a product called Metabolic Boost that not only supports the metabolic system, but if you take it in the morning and you take it, you know, two to three times a day, it will also limit your appetite and help you lose weight. And then because one of the key results of metabolic syndrome is cardiovascular disease, 
such as heart attacks and strokes. They also have a product called Cardio Advance that has the specific plant-based nutrition to maximize the benefits for your cardio system. That sounds excellent. Thank you so much, John, for sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been a pleasure, as always. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of Nutrition Factors, where we investigate the link between nutrition and your health. And we'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to Nutrition Factors, a podcast about the link between nutrition and your health. Sponsored by Ulan Nutritional Systems.